2: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas. I got Jonathan and Chris here, guys. You know, a lot of things are going on. The the you know Oklahoma City's in a really tight game against the Detroit Pistons, which I know probably has Chris sweating a little bit. Um, but you know, we're not really here gonna. I don't think. I don't think there should be any Oklahoma City Thunder players that we're going to talk about today. But who knows? Nope. Wow. Yeah, so, but instead we are going to talk about two Sixers game and our selection for all defensive teams, guys. <laughs> yeah. yep.
3: All right, let's jump into it. So first game to talk about is the Nuggets versus Sixers. Sixers had were on a three-game losing streak after this game. They lost to the Nuggets 116-111. Obviously, it was most notable that Joel Embiid did not play. Um, calf, Soreness, everyone well, not everyone, Kendrick Perkins, some other media members are saying Embiid's ducking Jokic, but just just need everyone to remember, he dropped 47-18 and 18 on him when they played a month ago, so that needs to be clear, he is ducking no one. Um, Dwayne Dedman started in his place, so, yeah, what did you guys think of the starters? How about you, Chris?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, we were all looking forward to uh, the Dedman-Jokic matchup, it really lived up to the hype. Uh, Zero points, two rebounds, one assist for Dedman. Uh, Jokic, a little bit more successful. Had 25, 17, and 12. Just a little bit better, maybe. Um, But a pretty tight battle at the center position. Um, Beyond that, Tyrese had a really good game. 29 points. Um, No James in this one either, so Melton got the start. He has played pretty well of late, but this was not his best night. Seven points on 12 shots. Missed all five of his three-point attempts. And, yeah, I mean, Philly managed to make it a close game late. They almost mustered a comeback in the fourth quarter, but Denver was in control for most of this game, and and Philly was pretty seriously outmanned. So not a very surprising outcome. Obviously a pretty big bummer that Joel didn't play in this particular game, but, you know, we're we're gearing up for the playoffs, so this is the kind of thing that we're going to probably see more of because they need to rest guys up and make sure everyone's healthy.
2: Yeah, first off, let's give Deadman a little bit more credit. Two blocks in ten minutes is not bad, but yeah, Chris, you know Deadman that was kind of head scratcher. Clearly, I think Doc was just trying to keep Reed within his role and having him come off the bench. Deadman did only play ten minutes for the game, so it's not like he played a lot. Uh, Sixteen points from Tobias Harris seems kind of pedestrian. Like you would expect that if like Joel and Harden and Tyrese were all playing as well. Uh, You know, this is the type of game that the Sixers needed more than 16 points out of uh, Tobias. P.J. felt like a non-factor in this game after being, you know, so critical in the last matchup. And Melton just, you know, he had a steal. uh, Four turnovers, four fouls, just and seven points on 12 shots. Just did not feel like his most effective game. But Tyrese... Look, if Tyrese was allowed to be the number one option, I think these are the types of stats that you would see on a regular basis. Maybe you know slightly inefficient shooting in terms of three point shot, but you know five assists, twenty nine points, not you know not a bad showing for the third wheel in this uh, trio.
4: Yeah,
3: I agree. Chris, what do you think about the bench?
4: Um. Speaking of 16 points, uh, Paul Reed had 16 on 7 of 7 shooting, 9 rebounds, 2 steals in just under 17 minutes. I think that's pretty pretty darn good, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, got to give him some love. Uh, Jalen McDaniels had 14 on 6 of 8 from the field, one of his best games as a sixer. And George had a couple of threes. So the bench was pretty good in this game, and a big reason for Philly being in it late. Um, I think those three in particular deserve the most credit. Shake struggled in his minutes. He didn't play any in the Dallas game, which is maybe notable. We can talk about that. Um, but 0-7 in 21 minutes for Shake, And Daniel House w- was okay. Not anything special. Uh, but Paul, McDaniels, and Yang were, were really good in this game.
2: Should note that uh, the Sixers, there were two Sixers that had the best plus-minus. And uh, they're two of the guys on the end of the bench, Montres Harold and your boy, Jaden Springer. I will say this. I think that there's a real shot next season that Jaden Springer is in the rotation. You see his defense. The offense is slowly coming. I think he was a steals king in the G League this year. Um, So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, Springer has a real shot. It was kind of a fluke that Harold has.
4: Those guys, I don't just talk up anybody for the sake of it. If I'm if I'm talking up Jaden Springer, it's for a reason. It's because I truly believe you are one hundred. He should be in the rotation next year. It's happening. I'm gonna call it now. Speak uh, well, into
3: existence.
4: I, it's not even. It, it is gonna happen. It's not even. It's like prophetic. I'm just telling you right now. It's. If it's not going to happen in Philly, it's going to happen somewhere else, Isaiah Dress style. And we're all going to be scratching our heads. So, yeah. Look, I I hope you're
2: right. But at the same token in my head, I'm just like, please don't let this be Zaire Smith
4: 2.0. Zaire Smith wasn't the, the G League steals champ, okay? Yeah, James no. no. Is. Hey, He's look, that guy.
2: Okay. But Zaire had a solid G League stint. It's just you know, like you, like you said, it's it's, okay. different. it's different.
4: Does Jaden have a sesame allergy that we need to be aware of? Not to make light not, of the situation, not,
2: but I mean, I kind of want like I. Oh gosh, I'm not gonna make the joke. Zaire not,
4: got hurt. He's like a long list of Sixers guys who who got hurt. I I don't. You know, it's really not that fair to hold it against them was a good prospect. He's not
2: even in the in G Athens. League
4: right now, though. He's I know. Not even G League. Unfortunate. Okay. Who uh, is in the G League, Lucas? Uh, Trey Burke. Anyways. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. All right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, move on. Chris, just
3: quick, I got to give you the update. Um, Thunder tip in buzzer beater win over That's the
4: Detroit
3: right. Pistons. right. Naturally. But of course. I, nope. I said Detroit Pistons. Pistons. We tipped Jalen Williams.
2: Josh
4: getting missed
2: a shot. Jalen Williams. Thank tippin. goodness.
3: What a guy. Which, which Jalen
2: Williams? It uh, doesn't even matter.
4: They're both
2: think, wonderful. Uh, no, there's one that, that, that's a lot better than the
4: other. Okay, sure. But, like, I love them both.
3: All right, we'll okay. switch it back to the Sixers. So.
4: When's the Jalen Williams pop?
3: Thank okay. you. Uh, Jonathan, so, you were the one that broke
2: it, by the way. We we I said know, we I talked. Know. Okay, It's
3: my fault. I wanted to break the news because they were going to lose. And then, of course, that point whatever tip in. But all right. So um, Embiid sitting out, uh, the betting market saw this as a pretty significant switch in the odds for MVP. But curious on your guys' thoughts. Chris, we'll start with you again. What do you think this missed game by Embiid does for his MVP
4: chances? Um, I mean, look, we live in a fairly stupid society sometimes. I, I would say that people generally don't make the most logical choices in life or in sports. If this game is the reason that Embiid doesn't win MVP there, just be dumb. Like, like there's a very real argument for Jokic or Giannis that does not involve the fact that Embiid sat out the fourth the third game in four nights on the road after multiple travel days in altitude with an injury. Like, that's... He was not ducking Jokic. Like you said, John, he he scored 47 in 18 boards last time they played. It's like, this is one of the dumbest narratives we've had thrown around in a while. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely think it has hurt his chances. Obviously, Jokic's odds are moving back in the right direction. Um, You mean the wrong direction. You mean the wrong direction. We are Sixes podcast. direction. I said a direction. I didn't. Uh, No, you said good direction. The right, I direction. Said you said right, direction. you said right in direction. the direction of Embiid. That's just the facts. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. You're mm. saying they're moving back towards Embiid. That's true, they are. Mm. Don't put words in my mouth, anyways. Mm. Uh, yeah, you, def- I, you definitely said the right you,
2: direction. You said
4: in that direction.
2: No, I you said re- we'll
4: have to check the tape later, guys. Yeah, anyway,
3: yeah. I mean, this will come out tomorrow.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We Let shall the listeners see I or here. Um but yeah, look, it probably does hurt his chances. I think that's stupid. Like if you wanna if we're really splitting hairs, like the fact that Joel has missed six more games than Jokic, like there might be something there, but using this one game specifically and trying to build some narrative around Joel not showing up for a big matchup or whatever, is just ludicrous and not not good, like, why are we doing this? I honestly, come on, y'all. Yeah. Why does mm-hmm. Kendrick Perkins have an MVP vote? That's really my question. But does he fine. actually have an MVP? He vote? Does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's whatever. God. Okay,
2: well, to be fair, last year he did vote for Joel. Um,
4: yeah, well,
2: yeah, it didn't really matter, I guess, mm, in the grand scheme of
4: things. Yeah. Um, the company you keep him, it's fine. Not yeah. to say I was right last year, but. All
2: right, Chris. Well, let me just say this. Let's let's consider the facts here. Joel, it was said that he had a calf injury. Did Joel, did he or did he not, not play in the second half of that Bulls game last week because of a calf injury? The answer to that is yes. That was the official report. If that calf is irritating him, I have no problem with him taking off.
3: Yeah, and in the, is- first, the first points tonight, like his first bucket, he grabbed down at his cat.
2: Yeah. So clearly it's an a nagging injury. Hopefully it's nothing serious. But when you hear calf in NBA, that's directly connected to you know the Achilles, and the last thing the Sixers want is to have any sort of Achilles problem with Joel, because they already have it with James Harden. So look, like Chris said, it's a third game in four nights. Not something that most Sixers fans want to see. I don't mind him resting. I think it was a smart move. Now, would it have been better if he rested the other on the night of the backpack? Sure. But at the so, end of the day, he wasn't feeling bad on those nights. He was feeling bad. And I've been to Denver, Colorado before, guys. I've been there. My brother lives there. That altitude, if you're not feeling well already, it will make you feel worse if yeah. you're not used to it. Because I've been there, and I, I was a little sick when I went over there. As soon as I got there, that altitude, maybe ten times worse. Granted, that was an illness, not a physical injury, but I can Imagine it probably has this similar effect,
4: so here here's the like, let's be real, though. Like the only reason we're really having this conversation is because that athletic article dropped the morning of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we'd really would have affected the odds half as much if that didn't happen. Um, Joel, sure talks most people, about that. yeah, I'm sure most people listening to the pod read it. Um, mm-hmm. basically, Joel. Said he didn't, he doesn't really care about MVP anymore and he wants to win. But then he also went on to complain about how the goalposts shift every year and how Jokic isn't a defender and how advanced stats don't make any sense. So he very clearly uh, wants MVP and was like not thinly veiled campaigning for it, um, which wasn't the best look. Like I, no. I, I loved Joel dearly. And but were there, totally there
3: weren't fine. many lies? There it's were not totally many lies fine in what for
4: to want to win MVP. There's nothing wrong with player wanting to win MVP and wanting respect. But you're right. He's like sort of lying and he's making pretty bad. No, he's not points. lying. I don't think he is lying.
2: Look, defense, uh, you know, advanced advent uh, metric stats for defense is not reliable. Look, when I was looking at them for okay. Defensive Player of the Year, when I was like considering who to have on there, they had Nikola Vucevic in the top five for one of the defensive stats. Vucevic. There's no way Vucevic is one of the elite defenders, okay? No, I right. agree. Maybe not though.
4: about That's... that. But the so, idea that he just doesn't care about MVP anymore is ridiculous. Oh, does he care are... more about winning? Yes, I think so. But oh, does Yeah, he, yeah like,
3: but, like, the, the changing goalposts is, is absolutely true. Because they yeah. were like, oh, he didn't play enough games. And then he plays enough games. And then it's like, oh, he's, like... Like, he's scoring points, and it's like, oh, now it's supposed to be defense. And, again, just like he said, like, analytics are saying Jokic is, uh, like, one of the best defenders, and he's not.
4: Yeah, sure. Even if you agree with his general points, like, the optics of sitting there and criticizing oh, your okay, main uh, optics, MVP I, competitor yeah. are not great.
2: Yeah, you don't um, – yeah, yeah. I and mean, Jokic that's, turned around weird. after
4: the game and was very complimentary of Embiid, so – are, are we the sure that the optic wasn't... battle has shifted back in in Jokic's direction, um, which Okay you know, narrative is a big part mm-hmm. of the MVP campaign every year, whether it should be or not. So he's not really doing himself any favors. And but Chris, are you that, saying that, that you said dropped...
3: that? The... Sorry, go ahead. Well, you said that article dropped and it shifted the odds. Like, are you actually saying like because like off court is affecting MVP because it should not?
4: I think it does. It would be crazy to say it doesn't. I'm not saying it should. It shouldn't. You're absolutely right. It would be, it's stupid, but like stupider things have mattered in MVP voting before. So, I mean, again, Kendrick Perkins has a vote and went on ESPN. It was like, I'm going to remember this when I cast my vote for MVP in two weeks. So we have like video evidence of it affecting a voter's opinion. So, yeah, I, I mean, the fact that the article dropped.
3: And the article
4: was super psyched plus, about the game and then he didn't it. play is definitely okay. part of why this whole conversation is
2: happening. Well, hold up, hold up. Kendrick Perkins didn't say the article was the thing that affected his perception. It's the fact that Joel sat out. I let's, understand. Let's, but let's, let's just clear it up. Let me also say this in terms of like, should like off court affect it? No. And finally, like, Joel, what he's, it's not a, is, is it necessarily wrong advanced stats? What he was saying about it? No. Uh, and I'll say this, I don't necessarily completely believe that what, you know, the praise that Jokic was giving Joel wasn't tongue in cheek because he's done that before when, um, Perkins made a comment about him staffs, stats stuffing. And, you know, he made a side comment about it in the past. Um, like I said, I don't think this game should impact it, because Joel's on pace to play the most games of his career. One. And he's actually played more games than Giannis. And Jokic has only so, played, like, five more games. So this... Joel, the
4: would be, the, Joel would have the second most missed games of all time for an MVP. Like, that's part of the conversation. Whether, you know...
2: But that not is the most. But 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 not the most. So clearly, like, it's not uh, unprecedented for him to do it, right? No, so, but okay so that, rare. that's
4: and it's it's rare it's rare to bring it up but it is fair to bring one up. game specifically is just ridiculous
2: yeah look like there was a legit injury concern because he's had to sit out recently with the same injury before so i don't think that voters should hold that against him. like yes it's a bummer that we don't get to see the matchup because i think we all agree that joel probably would have stepped up to the matchup if he was healthy enough for it right and they made the decision after you did a walkthrough. So, like, it's not like Joel didn't try. It's just that he couldn't. Um, hopefully it doesn't get held against him. If it does, if voters come out afterwards saying, oh, yeah, no, I've, I, because of the one game uh, that he decided that he couldn't play because of injury, that that's yeah. silly.
4: Yeah. And it's just ridiculous that they have not to play. It was probably a medical staff decision. So it's probably yeah. not even Joel sitting because he wants to sit. It's, it's just like...
3: ridiculous that they have such short memory of like what legitimately happened less than two months ago. I, yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll switch over to some more positive news. The Sixers broke that three game losing streak that I previously mentioned tonight against the Mavericks. They got a 116 to 108 win. Um, yeah, so, Lucas, why don't you tell us what's the, what starters stood out to us?
2: Well, I mean, the, the main one here that we've got to talk about is Joel. You know, this was a quiet game for the MVP frontrunner, in my opinion. He had 25 points, nine rebounds, three assists, a block and a steal. You know, quiet game from him, surprisingly, considering how poor the Mavericks are defensively. But I, it was time for, you know, my, Tyrese maxey cooked. He had 22 points. James Harden had a 15 and 12 game, and the bench. Um, we'll talk about the bench, but uh, Tobias had 13 solid for fourth option, and then PJ Tucker did PJ Tucker stuff, I guess. But Joel, you know, plus 10, you know, he was one of the main reasons why they were able to engineer comeback. So I'm I'm all for it.
4: Yeah, um, I mean, look, 25 on 17 shots for most players is is really good. So. You know, we're just nitpicking one of the best players in the NBA at this point. Like Joel was fine. Just yeah, his standards are so high at this point that it it you know he's averaging 33 a game, so we we kind of have to mention it. But uh, Tyrese had a really good night, 22 on 13 shots. He had some really incredible finishes per usual. Um, I, I mean, James obviously first game back from injury. I think that's the main reason for his struggles as of late, broadly speaking. He he wasn't very good from the field in this game, didn't look quite himself. But even with that, still, like you said, had 15 points and 12 assists, so it's hard to complain too much. But it, it's going to be worth monitoring how James looks over the next couple of weeks here ahead of the playoffs, if he can get back to full speed. Um, because he's obviously very important to this team's success. And if James isn't quite operating it, his highest possible level, that's going to hurt the Sixers when it matters most. Um, but yeah, a game where Dallas is kind of in the driver's seat for, for most of it, or at least playing with the lead, and then Philly had a big fourth quarter there and pulled away late. Um, lots of credit to a lot of guys. Joel had that awesome block on Luca down the stretch. Tyrese hit some big shots. Melton, you know, if we want to transition to the bench, was awesome. And a, a good one for sure, given what's happened recently. They really needed this one.
3: Yeah, Lucas, go ahead with the bench.
4: I mean, look, the bench performed yet again. You had, you know,
2: Niang hitting four threes, 14 points, and you had Meldon really stepping up, you know, putting up 17 points, uh, playing solid defense, was a plus 16 best on the team. McDaniels and Reed were really good defensively. They they're kind of like a two man force on defense and coming off the bench. So I, I have no complaints. I mean, House you know, registered less than a minute, but like still it's it's look, that's that's our five man group coming off the bench, and I'm all for it. That's a solid unit. Um would you rather see Shake Milton? Maybe, but I mean House or Shake, that's kind of like your tenth man. It can fluctuate, I guess, best. Based off of matchup, but you had Melton with 33 minutes, Harden with 38, and Maxi with 34. There's really not a lot of minutes for Milton unless you go small, and you kind of want a defense against this Dallas team. So I'm okay with it.
4: Yeah, um, I mean, Melton's had you know put the uh, the Denver game aside. He's had a very positive stretch lately, and you know he's huge in this game. Hit five of his six threes. Had. A pretty good game on the defensive end guarding some pretty tough players 17.6 boards which crash in the glass like a maniac he's a really awesome role player and he's going to play a lot of minutes for this team in the playoffs he's going to finish a lot of games over you know pj tobias even maybe tyrese depending on what's going on like melton's going to close a lot of games so it, it's good to see him hitting his stride here late and yeah, I mean, anytime George hits four threes, you're, you're in a pretty good spot, at least offensively with the bench. So those two deserve a ton of credit.
3: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for Movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Dallas for a little bit tonight. You got Kyrie and Luca. They have a losing record since they're playing together. I think it's something like eight and 13. But I mean, they're remarkably talented offensively. They can both blow up for points, score at will. But do you think this is a long term solution for the Mavericks, Lucas?
2: I think if they can build correctly around them, they can which starts out with getting a defensive force at center. You need to have somebody that can protect the paint because they're gonna, you have two liabilities on offense, so you need to have an elite rim protector. So that, that's your first thing that you have to fix. You also have to get better defensive uh, perimeter defense. If Reggie Bullock's your best perimeter defender, you're, you're going to be in trouble most nights. Uh, but can they do it? I think it might take an offseason or two, but long term, that court can work. Now the question is, will Kyrie and Luca stay long enough? I don't know. Luca might ask out. Kyrie might leave in the summer. It's there's a lot of what ifs there.
4: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, they have to like. There seems to be a very real chance that like, Kyrie just doesn't even stay past this season. So, like, obviously, they have to deal with the immediate concern of his future. Um, don't really know who else is going to be going out to sign Kyrie either, though. So, the Lakers. I mean, Lakers don't. Doesn't seem like the Lakers are going to go after him, so I don't know who else will. Um, yeah, so assuming he does stick around, like you said, Lucas, they just have to build a much better, more balanced team around them. I, I think size is a big issue. They're just really small. Dwight Powell is not a good starting center. They, they need better bigs to protect the rim. Christian Wood is awesome in spurts, but the defense has been a big problem this year, and they can't keep him on the floor in important moments sometimes because of that. So they they really need to focus on building out the front court. I think Josh Bean and, and Hardy, those are really awesome young role players that are gonna take on bigger roles moving forward. But size and defensive versatility is gonna be huge. Because as great as Luca and Kyrie are offensively, they they are not great defenders and this team is just not getting stops right now. So they're gonna really need to focus on building up the defense.
2: Which is a shame because they, they hired, they brought in, not hired, sorry, they brought in JaVale McGee. And, I mean, he looked solid in the game against the Sixers tonight, but overall the JaVale McGee experiment, I mean, I know he's getting past his prime now, but he, he's not providing the defense that he did even last year in Phoenix. So that that's kind of a disappointing factor there too. Yeah, for sure.
4: And, look, I, I mean, I saw it mentioned on, on Twitter the other day, it's like, this is kind of what happened with Jason Kidd in Milwaukee where the first season was really awesome and then the second season it just went to crap and it's kind of happening all over again in Dallas. You know, it's not all Jay Kidd, but he has a pretty spotty track record on that front so they Well, I don't think the Rocky Ross- coaching too. I don't
2: I don't think it's much I think it's less to do about coaching more about personnel. Because, I mean, like, Jason Kidd's done his part trying to call a team privately and publicly about their defense. They're not, and they just, I don't think they have the personnel. I mean, look, outside of Reggie Bullock, who's really, no, and, you know, Josh Green a little bit, but this is Josh Green's first real season playing minutes. Like, who's known on that team for defensive playing? Justin Holiday, who's not even in the rotation right now, and he wasn't in the rotation for Atlanta either. Like who who can you get to make, get a stop? There there's nobody. You're gonna have to trade. I think you're gonna have to trade Hardaway. away. You you're gonna have to try to get uh, Bertons off your books. You're gonna have to sure, try to trade for a
4: defensive center. I understand. You're right. I mean, there are examples though of coaches like elevating mediocre defenders to like Chicago's playing awesome defense right now. They don't have a ton of great defenders. You talk about Vucevic all the time he's not a great individual defender but the bulls are playing really awesome defense since the all-star break so
2: well they, they do have elite perimeter defense outside it's a of
4: coach I, yeah Caruso's yeah. awesome that's true but Everybody's they are good. not built yeah. you know they they're that's not a team that is built traditionally to play awesome defense so coaching does matter mm.
3: All right, John. guys. Let's uh, yeah, let's switch over to the all defensive teams, which Lucas teased in the open. Um, uh, you let me go first on this one. I did have some people on people on honorable mention, but I'm just going to go second team first, and then Right, you can do honorable.
2: Can, do, do honorable mention. We'll do honorable mention. I, I didn't have that in the agenda because I didn't know that we were doing it, but we can do honorable mention and then second team and then first.
3: Okay, so, we're just, since it's just first and second team, I had. On honorable mention: Derek White, Mikhail Bridges, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and Bam out of bio. And this time I can't be called a because uh, oh. I did leave Joel Embiid off.
4: Oh ho oh. ho ho! Bam?
3: Yeah, I know, I know. Bam's not on, but that was my decision. Yeah,
2: he, he's n- not on my list either. To be fair,
4: what
3: guys?
2: Yeah.
4: Bam is like. Maybe let's go. The best let's go. In the
2: NBA. Is, 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 But is he the best defender on his team? I I don't yes. think so.
3: What no. let's go, Lucas. Point? Let's go.
2: I think Jimmy Butler's the best one, and he did make you one of my all, all defensive teams.
3: All right, Lucas, what's your honorable mention? Okay,
2: okay, so I I had I had three here. So I have Anthony Edwards because I think underratedly he he's pretty good this season. I, this might be blasphemous, but I actually have Giannis as an honorable mention.
4: Wait, did you say Anthony Edwards? Yeah. On all defense.
2: Honorable mention. He's yeah. not on my. Team. We're okay. doing honorable all mention, right. Chris. All
4: right, sure. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a pick. And
2: just because I'm really digging this guy, he probably won't. He he probably hasn't played enough to really be considered, but I, I'll give it. I'll give Walker Kessler a nod to why
4: not. Okay. I, I think putting right, six front court guys ahead of Bam out of bio this season is like certifiably insane. I just want to make that clear. That is crazy. Okay. okay. That's insane. Okay. okay. That's fair. I, I don't get it. Okay. My you, honorable mentions, your I, I, have Herb Jones, I have Herb Jones, OG Andanobi, wow. Draymond Green, and, and Giannis are my four honorable mentions. Okay.
2: All right. Well, let's get to second team where the real debate begins. Jonathan, go ahead.
3: All right, second team, I got Alex Caruso, OG Noby, wow. Evan Mobley, Giannis, and Nick Claxton.
2: Wow, okay. Okay. Uh, Chris, you go next. I'll go last here.
4: All right. Uh, in the front court, I have Nick Claxton, Evan Mobley, and Jaden McDaniels of the Timberwolves. Not to be confused, but Jalen McDaniels of the Sixers. Um, and then my two guards are De'Anthony Melton and Alex Caruso. Wow. Okay.
2: Interesting. So my, I okay, so I kind of, I, I fudged the positions a little bit on this. I got Herb Jones and Jimmy Butler as guards. And then in the front court, I have Jaden McDaniels from the Timberwolf, Nick Claxton, and Joel Embiid.
4: Okay. All right, I, Joel, I, I do not think Joel has been good enough for look, long stretch
2: defense. Yeah, I agree. Well, well, let me just say this. You know, statistically, both regular and advanced stats have him in the top 20 in multiple defensive
4: categories. Yes. They, do, they have Jokic in the top 22 in both yeah, categories. Yeah, oh, but
2: no, not, not Not counting stats.
4: Not counting yeah, stats. Yeah, he's top 20 in steals. So they I'm, literally I, do.
2: Okay, well. He's
4: top 10 I, in steals, I believe. He's like okay. the number one for center, I think. So, why right.
2: I I did what I did. I'm backing up. I, I'm I'm keeping doing it with it. I don't know. Let's Just, get
3: to the yeah. uh, have we can have some. Uh, <laughs> keep that All right, first team, uh, Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart as the front uh back court. and then front court Jaden McDaniels, Jaren Jackson Jr. and Brooke Lopez. All right. Okay. My, uh, Go ahead. Yeah.
4: My two guards are Derek White and Drew Holiday. Uh, and my front court guys are Jaron Jackson, uh, Bam Adebayo, and Brooke Lopez.
2: All right. So my front court is DeAnthony Melton and Alex Caruso. My back, I mean, sorry, my, that was my back court. My front court is Evan Mobley, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brooke Lopez. At least we're all in consensus of Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brooke Lopez. Yeah. That seems to be the common theme.
3: Yeah. It seems like we're relatively on the same page of like the fifteen best defenders. So sure,
4: but I, like the added bio stuff is ridiculous, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. I well, okay,
3: wait, Chris. Chris. Chris think about it. Talk I have. You're, you're saying Bam? I have McDaniel's, Jaron Jackson Jr., Lopez, Mobley, Giannis, and Nick Claxon.
4: Those Bam. are all six potentially better than him. Not. but I, I think Bam has been better than pretty much everyone except. Jackson and maybe Brooke.
3: Okay.
4: Like he would be my third or second or third defensive player of the year vote right now. Yeah,
2: awesome. I can't I can't do that.
4: Uh why Fly, guys he's we've seen it in the playoffs. He does it in the regular season. Yeah, like I, th- Jimmy, yeah I know. you're talking about past years. This year no, in particular. No, I'm not. Agree. This year he has been an amazing defender. He always is. That's just the standard he set for himself. Jimmy's great, but he's not giving full effort until two thirds of the way through the season like joel like bam is the linchpin of that defense he's a great rim protector he can switch everything he's shutting down guards like he's an amazing one of one defender i i just don't i don't know if we can keep him i it just seems wrong not to have him on either i kept joel off too just no yeah uh, but i think bam is significant yeah i don't have jimmy on either for like the same reason so, I, I don't know. Bam, Bam is awesome. i I think you guys are snubbing him a little bit.
2: look, it's it's hard for me to have a center on all defensive team when you're not even averaging uh, a full block per game.
4: Okay, but that's not that's not a good way to measure value. mean
2: it's not the only way that I measure it. Look, he's averaging one point two steals, which is solid, but not like elite elite. In the advanced numbers, um, let me it's, pull them up for a second. It's
4: tied for the best, I believe, at the center position. That is elite for centers. He's one of the best. He's the best at his position at steals. And he's the best switch defender on the face of the earth, which is how the best defenses operate in today's NBA. Like, that has to count for something. I um, mean,
2: you make a compelling argument. I'm just kind of set in my, my team at this point. I feel good about it. Um uh, all right. Let's let's just look at his stats in terms of all you know this season, okay? Uh, this season, uh, let's look at this defensive rating this year. Nope, not in the top twenty defensive rating. Uh, let's okay, see. you
4: guys just earlier were telling me how stupid advanced numbers are for defense and how I they mean, don't okay,
2: tell the whole picture. Let's 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 do counting. Why are
4: we now using them to like what?
2: I mean, they're useful in some ways. I'm not relying just on them. You know, I'm doing eye tests, too. Like, I have Jalen McDaniels is not in the top 20 for either one. Sorry, Jaden McDaniels is not in the top 20 for either. But I can tell by the eye test, he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league.
4: Yeah. But, like, Bam passes the eye test as well as anyone. So, like, what is hurting Bam's case here? I don't understand it.
2: I think it's the fact he's a little undersized and he can't get taken advantage by bigger players, and the fact that I just I like yes he's a switchable defender I, I, one of the best switchable defenders but I think, like does that happen though like
4: he doesn't I think get we taken advantage to of.
2: yeah yeah, yeah I, that's fair is there anybody that we feel like if they had more playing time might a, a, A.K.A. the Matisse Thiebaud argument is there anybody that fits that for this season for you guys?
3: I Walker think Kessler. Anthony Davis should be on like discussion.
2: Sure. He just didn't yeah. play enough games. I don't know if it's the playing time. Um, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. I, I think if Walker Kessler was averaging thirty minutes from opening night, he might be in the conversation.
2: That's fair. Well, if he was averaging, but he's, he's a 30 also rookie. A man, I. Yeah. It's hard to make all defensive team as a rookie. Um, I don't think Matisse would have had it this year, even if he was playing as much as he is now.
4: No.
2: Um, but All that you like,
4: mentioned are just straight up Better defenders than Matisse, I'm sorry yep. what, a, what about um Jared Vanderbilt I was tempted to put no.
2: him in there Yeah, sure
3: Really? Yeah. I have him in fantasy and I am not tempted
4: to put him in there
2: Well, we're not well. looking We're looking at like his the eye test too. The eye test, he's a really good defender
4: Yeah, great defenders don't always Translate to fantasy, basketball Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah.
4: Speaking so Chris, of
3: Chris, it's uh yeah yeah shut up. <laughs> we're in the we're in the we're in the championship versus you it. for the next two weeks, so I yeah, think the I, podcast I is going to be fun. Uh,
2: by the way, one other guy I want to mention is Josh Okogi. I think he's been playing really well for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Good
4: versatile. Yeah, okay, not but, uh, you know, if we, first, we really want to mention John, a Jonathan Strong-bodied Chris. wing defender, just get stopped. Oh, we should talk there. about Lou Dort okay there we go yeah that's
3: right
4: i I I said it i i love what's it called the torture chamber the torture torture chamber chamber, that's right
2: i I like that but um good i
4: didn't come up with it it's good
2: jonathan did you notice somebody that chris left off that he's like champion for for the past couple years but he left off the list this year didn't he not even in his honorable mentions give you a hint playing right now on tnt
4: Rudy <laughs> Gobert.
3: How Rudy. Yeah,
4: yeah. Chris, it's what's like, going on? You almost made my honorable mentions. I, I, he's still really good. I,
2: he, he's good, but he he is not the guy that he want, once was.
4: I, I yeah. don't think he'll ever get quite back to that. That's okay. It happens. Time comes for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh,
2: I suppose so. <laughs> you
4: know who else has, like, an outside case? He doesn't really have a case. But, I mean, Shea... Shea Gilders-Alexander has been a really... I was thinking, I was thinking about Shay. I was thinking about Shay. I'm not going to lie. he got the Shea numbers. Played. He does it while carrying a massive load on offense. Like, he, he deserves some props.
2: But he's not the best defender even on his team. That's that's That was my biggest sure, thing.
4: Sure. Neither is Jimmy Butler, but y'all both had him on, so...
2: I... Uh, I did not. History. I had him on
4: every Okay. Think. But Lucas uh, had him on. I... I look, we are really the best defender on his team. I think so. I think yes. so. Yeah. In the, yes. Like grand scheme of things. Yeah. Is he really better than Rudy? I don't know. Yes. Yes. That's I think
3: a, that there's a, there's a Kendrick Perkins take that I might agree with, which is he said that Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels are currently the best uh, defensive backcourt. And I actually agree with that.
2: Well, they're not a backcourt, but yeah, they're, Perimeter duo. um
3: True, good point.
2: That's not, that's not a terrible take. I don't know if they're the best. Are they a top five? Yeah, sure. I could give them top five. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I would probably yeah, say I probably think we're
4: slightly g- overselling Anthony Edwards a little bit on, as yeah, a defender right now.
2: Edwards, like he started out the season slow. There's no doubt, but he's really picked it up uh, since Cat went out and.
4: He's, he's an played awesome both. He's offensive of player. I don't know if he's like an all-defense candidate, though. That's a bit of a stretch.
2: Well, maybe, maybe he's not quite there yet. And that's why he was on my honorable mention. But I think he's he has the capability of being, and I think he's closer than we we give him credit for. Um, you know, statistically, he has the counting numbers. Um I think, you know, he just he has to learn a little bit more. He has to work on his lateral quickness a little bit, but like he has just strength and explosiveness to be a really good defender. Um, guys, I mentioned Matisse Daibou in the past. Do you think he'll ever get, have a chance to get another all-defensive team, or do you think that, that that ship has sailed? No, I think he
4: will. Um, Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, Is it just- yeah, he does have two already, and that was playing 20 minutes a night, so it's not out of the question.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's completely out of the question. I think it's just part of it is just, like how much minutes, how many minutes will he get with his new team now? Um, is there any young player outside of Walker Kessler that we're thinking maybe they'll get there in one or two years? Any rookies that we're thinking of?
4: Because I can think of not, one.
3: Yeah, not Ted rookies, Holmgren. but I liked. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say
4: hurt Like I liked your Herb Jones take. Yeah, Ted Holmgren is gonna be there in a year or two. Like un- uh, I've got. Look, look, look.
2: I actually have an Oklahoma City Thunder player, and it's not Chet. I think uh, the perimeter, Jason Williams, uh, J- uh, Jalen Williams, whatever, whichever Williams it is.
4: Uh, They're both Jalen. They, they have yeah, the same yeah. name. It's just spelled differently.
2: Uh, anyway, I, forg- I forgot. But anyway, the perimeter one, I think he has a chance. He's already playing really good defense. You could argue he's the best mm-hmm. two-way per- player of that class right now. In terms of like offense and defense. Yeah, because Chet hasn't
4: played. Oh my gosh. Anyway. I mean, okay, like, that's like, enough thunder I'm talk. Not, we should we should wrap I'm it up. It's like I'm not wrong though. It, Chet Look, is gonna I, be the I, best have, defender Chet, from that class. I
2: mm, if it depends on how much muscle I think he Chris, I don't God. I think it depends on how much muscle he puts on.
4: All right. Who if do we think is gonna place, be the, the best defender from the twenty twenty three draft?
2: Walker Kessler.
4: This, this upcoming draft.
2: Oh, this upcoming draft? Uh, probably. It's going
4: Wimbenyama. Yeah. He's like yeah. as thin as an, you know, he's no, like
2: he, a... No, he, he has more muscle mass than uh, Chet does, though, already.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah.
4: Uh,
2: I don't I mean, know. It's close.
4: Chet, it's
3: really close.
4: Chet can make up for quite a lot with the fact that he's super long and quick and bouncy. So, I... I, you know, Rudy Gobert a, entered the NBA as a complete stick too. And he was maybe the best defender for five years there. So there's a precedent for it. Is all I'll say. Uh, you know, it's
2: going to be interesting. I think, you know, this draft class, this past draft class is probably a little underrated, but I think it could end up being a really solid class for years to come. Um, yeah. That being said, I think Jonathan's right. Let's go ahead and wrap this up.
4: All right. I, I don't know. You guys don't like talking about Chad Holmgren? You guys want to wrap it up? Um, okay. To all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the or Sense Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible. Or you can listen at our website, com. Read our written work there as well. We are on Twitter and Facebook, at or Sense. So until next time, peace out. Go Sixers. And we'll be back to talk more about the OKC Thunder next week. Uh, Peace and love, everyone.